was just commenting about our updated photos, and Ben was giving me the rundown on his haircut. That, yep, terrible. I'm getting it fixed today. You it was excited? just not uh, about the haircut. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Like you can kind of see it in that picture. Like there's there's a high part, and then there's like a dip, and then it kind of goes up, and it's all fuzzy on the edge. It's it was not a good haircut. Um, you know, no offense to the guy's sport clips, but he didn't he didn't do a good job. No offense at that. <laughs> place that could be unnamed, but we're just going to throw the name out. Well, there's there. a lot of people that are there, so you know what? He probably won't be here there this day. I won't get it. He'll be like the only guy. I mean, maybe he'll, he could have. Look what I watched otherwise. on my phone today. <laughs> You're that guy. I don't know. Hey, look, maybe Speaking, it was a, maybe it was an off day. Yeah, I've been having. I think it's been. I always get this messed up. This little piece of hair right here has been fixing it. I, I get those too. Like over here, there's nothing you can do with them. I see it, it. just see made it like, worse. See, it's like flared out. I just made it worse. We're a rack with it. <laughs> now, you got some stuff in your hair, right? You can, you can just push that like wherever you want. Well, right? I thought so. I mean, fact, I take it over person's it goes on. It's your fault. Hey, you brought it. I just said, look at those two handsome dudes. And then he <laughs> took us. You took us down this road of bad haircuts. Yeah, my apologies. That's right. Oh, welcome to Lancaster Connects, where we need hair and wardrobe. Because Ben just did a wardrobe change, like as we were ready to go live. Maybe that's what we do for a hundred hundred episode. <laughs> we get a hair and makeup team in here, wardrobe, do the whole thing. Yep, do it, do it like, like a real show. Proper. Yep, proper show. Yeah. Well, this is the show, not about haircuts or <laughs> about anything that we've discussed so far. It's Lancaster Connects. Thank you for watching. Episode 91. We're excited about our guest. Uh, I think we're going to have a lot of fun uh, talking about this one. Local business. So our show is about local businesses doing good in their communities or small charities or charities serving the local community. It's all about Lancaster Connects and connecting those businesses, those charities to you through the screen, through your ears on audio, anywhere you watch Internet connected TV, you can pick up this show. Facebook got a video player. Well, that's anywhere. That's true. I'm trying not to go through the whole, like it's like YouTube. They, they know where they can get it. I think at this point, <laughs> LinkedIn. We're a bigger deal than just Facebook. This is true. Like anywhere, is true. anywhere you can catch the video, you can catch us. Amazon mm, players. That's true. Yeah. Search us up on Amazon players and search us up on YouTube players. The Google machine. Google. We're all over the place. So. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Anyhow. Uh, prizes? Prizes. I was just getting there. Prizes. Yeah. We'd love, we love comments. Comments during the show. Like comments. You talk about our hair. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. How to fix this. <laughs> How to fix Jeff's hair or my hair. See, I was thinking it was growing out because of all the, the medicine that I've been on the last nine oh, weeks. Okay. Like, you yeah, because I put weird things to your body. Get a side effect of a, of a random weird... A random tough hair. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's in, that, it's in that, you know, they run a 60-second commercial and like 45 seconds are, if you have this, if you have that, if you right. have the other thing, you might get random hair types. Random hair. <laughs> anyway, barber suggestions? If you want to comment on this tomfoolery, you might enter to win Less Stormwater Cuddle Tumblr, coffee tumbler, which is appropriate to our guest today. Uh, my water flask. My daughter had an all-day volleyball tournament yesterday. My parents came. My mom was rocking her 
less norm or cuddle drinkware. And the Havasupe Blue stood out. No, it? it was, yeah, yeah, you, you, you can't lose it. Everybody it's else right had like boring blue yeah, and gray yeah. and black. Yeah, no, Havasupe right. Blue. Boom. There All up in your business, yeah. easy to find right there. Yeah. I love these. And then other comments. <clears throat> well, any comment. This is your other prize. And on the go sleep bundle, very comfy little pillow and blind. You know, a good idea for comments today would be ideas for our 100th episode. Oh, like what, what should we do? We're, we're, we're starting to think through planning. It's inside. Do it's, it's like within it's nine two weeks months. away. So, you know, what should we do? Going to be a big Give deal. Give us your thoughts. I have to check my schedule, make sure I'm here. <laughs> kind of a big deal anymore. Well, I will be here. We can, we can, uh, we can schedule 100 for when we're both here for the Yeah. You know, I'll be here. So anyhow, speaking of others who are here, let's welcome our guest. Hopefully he's still here. Keith, Keith Fry. He left. <laughs> he's like, I don't know about all this. It's my day off. There's always some kind of excitement going on over here. Yep. Very good. And over here is uh, Whiff Roasters in Lidditz is where your shop is. Where is your roastery? So we are actually located, the roastery uh, facilities behind Julius Sturgis Pretzels. So the oldest pretzel factory in the United States is in downtown Lidditz, right across from all-girls school, uh, Linden Hall. So our roasting facility is actually in um, a building that was uh, expanded upon to run uh, some of the pretzel uh, bakers and stuff when Julia Sturgis did a lot of the manufacturing right there in town. So we were able to repurpose that area facility and moved in about 2006. And uh, that's where we do all the roasting, uh, packaging, flavoring, and uh, production line for our coffee. Very cool. Very cool. Keith, a little bit of uh, your backstory. Are you a Lancaster native? I am. I'm actually a fifth generation, uh, fifth generation farmer from Mannheim. Okay, so cool. born and raised here a long time. And uh, I don't think I'll be going anywhere. I don't think. So fifth generation, that like kind of goes back with the her family. So like, is there any like Hatfield and McCoys of West Virginia? <laughs> Are there any Frey and her stories of fifth generations ago? Uh, great question. Um, not too much that I'm aware of. I mean, most of my background is German. Um, so German getting that there wasn't a whole lot of feud, Hatfield, McCoy, blah, 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 blah. Um, but just hardworking, um, hardworking family. We, farming has been in my blood for five generations and, uh, love, love all kinds of parts or all parts of agriculture. Um, and it's like, okay, coffee beans. Why, what am I doing with coffee beans? We can't grow coffee beans in the United States. So how can I farm that? But it is really cool to be able to be part of an agricultural commodity that I'm able to take from, bring it in from farm, um, roast it, package it, and send it out to consumers to have at their table or first thing so- in the morning when they wake up. So that that's yeah. Let, let's talk about your transition into coffee. So you and your wife Janessa um, are the owners of Whiff Roasters, and um, you weren't always in coffee. How did you get into coffee? Uh, did you work for Whiff Roasters, or were you a customer that just loved Whiff Roasters? What What's the story there? Right. Great question, Ben. 
So my wife and I are both uh, went to Penn State University. She graduated with an animal science degree. I graduated with an agribusiness management degree. So one of the things that she was always a coffee drinker. I drank coffee, not like she did. Um, but in transition, once we got married, we, you know, taken over the family farm. I had my own herd of cows, jerseys. I specialized in a really good, um, herd of jerseys producing high quality milk. I had them for seven years and just doing, uh, row crops and so on and so forth. Um, and she was involved with animal science, more on animal nutrition. So she actually worked for a company, um, down in Gordonville. Um, with animal nutrition and one of the coffees that they always drank on a regular basis was with Rooster's coffee. So kind of funny, you know, I get up and go milk cows in the barn and she's getting up to go in and work on nutrition programs, working with cattle and horses and so on and so forth. And she always, you know, talks about this coffee. Um, long story short, our farm was at a pivotal point where it's like we either go in farther and deeper and triple and quadrupled our herd size because the economies of scale. Even though I'm fifth generation farm, it's really hard to make a small family farm profitable without going larger scale yep. uh, or making it more commercialized. So I really feel strong and passionate about agriculture industry of taking, you've heard the term from uh, farm to table. Um, so it's like, what other things can I do? Well, I found out through the love of coffee, through Janessa's love of coffee, that with Froasters, the founders um, were dealing with some health issues and are at the age of retirement that they were trying to find someone that can take on their legacy of what they've started. Um, so it all first started with roasting coffee um, in a little cafe uh, off of Main Street in 1999. And then the roasting was such a passionate drive and people loved it so much that in 2001 it then formed into whiff coffee roasters mm. so since then we've just been roasting high quality coffee beans so what makes whiff roasters really unique is we focus really on gourmet coffee for the most part so gourmet coffee is then considered specialty and in the whole world of coffee the specialty coffee um, component itself makes up of Less than ten percent of all the coffee in the world. Oh, well, yeah. So definitely not Sanka. No, <laughs> not flavor crystals that you can like put up on the shelf with your sardines and your beans for the apocalypse. Far better quality than that. I mean, coffee once it's roasted. Um, you have it ziplocked in an airtight bag. You can lose, or not you can, you will lose some quality of coffee over a period of time. Um, but coffee is one of those things, if it's packaged right, shoot, you can have decent coffee years to come if you have some coffee put away. Sure. Yeah, definitely possible. Uh, better yet, what some guys do is they'll put green coffee beans back and then try to have a home roaster. Some guys like to experiment with a popcorn popper and um, try to roast some coffee that way. Um, either that or an old cast iron skillet frying pan. Um, I haven't mastered that technique. I've always wanted to try that and I haven't tried that yet. Mm. But um, 
Yeah. So beyond the fresh coffee, beyond gourmet coffee, what else, what else is there that makes it unique? Cause I'm actually sipping on some, uh, with roasters coffee right now. And, uh, I know what I like about it, but why don't you share with our listeners and our watchers that, that extra layer of what, what else makes you unique? Sure. So when it comes down to what we offer, we have a very, very, very large menu. As I'm sure you have everything from commercial grade box mattress, whole way up to you got stuff for penthouses, right? So you got the whole gamut for the most part, right? So when it comes to coffee, we focus on um, coffee that we import from 17 countries. So out of the 17 countries, there's a lot of different coffees from different altitudes, different regions, all make up different styles of what you're expecting to taste in a cup of coffee, right? So what makes us unique in the different style coffees you know, we have your Colombian, we have your Brazil, we have your Costa Rica, and they're really good coffees. Um, but then we also get a little bit more detailed where we'll get into some really cool, uh, premium blends, um, exotic blends like the Ethiopian Yirgashefi, the Kenya double A. Um, you get into, um, even the Jamaican Blue Mountain Hawaiian Kona Fancies. And if you're really talking something unique, you know, we can talk about the Tanzania pea berries. So, there's just a whole array of the pea berry. <laughs> I just saw, uh, but speaking like whether you're looking for a savory, full bodied cup of coffee versus more of a tasteful, um, high acidic cup of coffee that you're tasting a lot of the fruit, uh, and wine notes and other earth tones from the origin. There's really so much uniqueness with all of our different coffees. We basically have it broken down in two sections. We have our regular coffees. Um, and then we also, the regular coffees, meaning no additional flavor added. We're focusing on strictly the coffee bean from the origin of growth. Okay. So through that, we'll do single origins. We'll do proprietary blends. Kick ass is up on the screen that I see right now as well, too, which is pretty cool. Um, that is actually our highest caffeinated coffee by design, believe it or not. So, um, fun coffee. Um, but we also will have some, we'll put some of the premium blends together, um, such as our Mombasa. And then we can talk, start talking and look at, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know what? I'm starting to have some acidic or acid problems or, you know, my stomach can't really take the coffee like it used to. We can talk about house blend. We can talk about Sumatra. We can talk about coffees from Indonesia. So, the spectrum is wide. So that's on the regular coffee side. And then through that, we can do a derivative of the decaffeination process. But I'll talk about that in a second. Then other side of what we offer is, is coffees that we add natural and artificial flavoring to to enhance a style of coffee of flavor that people um, seem to really enjoy. Um, People that like to put a little cream, uh, creamer in their coffee with flavor. So, dirty banana just so happens to be. I think is that Drew's favorite. Well, Drew's favorite here seems to be a house favorite. You know, we okay. um, we've incorporated, as you know, we've incorporated some of your uh, flavor packs. I believe you're called them portion pack, portion packs, portion packs. 
into our customer gifts. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, Dirty Banana seems to be the standout. I took some samples home. Um, and Snickerdoodle, my wife mm-hmm. likes a lot. Good one. Um, oh, that's awesome. But that's yes. Awesome. So how do you, how do we get the flavoring? How do you get the flavoring in? That was one of the two. That's a great question. Um, I can't really reveal exactly how all I do it because oh, that's a secret. proprietary to how we do our flavors. Um, but like anything else, when you talk about flavorings and what people like, what was really interesting that happened during COVID is flavored waters went up like what? 500, 700, 800% in popularity. Mm. So it's using the same style of food grade flavoring to enhance a person's experience. Mm. So that's essentially what we're doing with the coffee. It's still always coffee forward. So it's like someone's like, oh, does that mean I'm like for our, we have a mocha espresso brownie, which is like a chocolate style um, brownie coffee. Is it going to be like a hot chocolate style coffee? No, 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 no. It's coffee forward with hints of chocolate. So all of our flavor coffees aren't like syrupy and all the other jazz, like what you would expect. I'm going to put some French vanilla creamer and all the other stuff in there. No, it's just hints of the flavoring that we add to enhance the taste of what you're getting out of coffee. So it's all coffee forward. So who, uh, I have a handful of questions and, and, uh, Nate, who's watching said he, he needs to get that apple coffee cake flavor. That actually sounds <laughs> really good. So, uh, yeah. a few questions. Um, how do you come up with and who comes up with these flavors? And then have you ever like thought about a flavor that you like really thought was going to be a winner and you roasted it and it like was terrible? Like has any better just like no, no good? Absolutely. Yeah, that happens quite a bit. So the flavoring profiles that we can work with is just to give you an idea. We have over a thousand different flavor combinations that we can play with. Wow. So when you think of that, we have over 60 to 70 flavor coffee options. I'd say for every eight to 10 different styles of flavors that we choose, there might be one in the eight to 10 that we really like and think oh, that wow. we can push forward to do um, um, product testing with a couple of people tasting it. And like, then we try it with not only brewing it and hot drip coffee, but how does it come through in cold brew as well too? So mm. absolutely. Like I have bins full of coffees that we've tried different flavor profiles and, um, and didn't get beyond those stages. But so honestly, it comes up for a love of different styles of flavor. So what makes us unique? You know, we're in the heart of Lancaster County. So what do most people think about heart of Lancaster County? Shoe fly pie, pecan sticky bun, you know, what are some snickerdoodle? <laughs> you have a you have a shoe fly? Uh, no, we don't. But I'm saying that's what people think about when they think of Lancaster County. That said, uh-huh. pecan sticky bun would be similar to shoe fly pie. But I just sometimes we like to try to be a little bit more unique and creative versus just saying, "Hey, we got a shoe fly pie." So another thing that we're trying to do is be original, be ourselves, have a flavor combination that is fun. Honestly, that's how Dirty Banana came up with its name. We were thinking about fun and creative 
flavor profiles, names that bring things together. And um, people seem to really be enjoying it a lot. So I, I would like to commission a shoe fly pie with roasters flavor. Can, can that happen? Absolutely. I can get you some samples. <laughs> I knew when you said shoe fly pie. Oh, man, that sounds would, fantastic. Uh, he was so yeah, I apparently uh, struck a, a note there, didn't I? That's 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 who did. <laughs> <laughs> so th- dig into some of these nations you get the coffee beans from, because there was a Ethiopian. I'm gonna not even attempt it. An Ethiopian something bean. Sure, um, there's so there's two Ethiopians, the Harar and Yurga Shefi. There we go. God bless you, Yurga <laughs> uh, Shefi. Um, got it. There it is. So how do you find, how do you make a decision? I mean, obviously there's a bunch of nations, a bunch of regions and countries that grow coffee. Right. How do you, how do you pick, um, how do you, how do you go through this selection process? It's a great question. Thankfully, I'm not doing it myself or, or alone in that. Um, I do work <laughs> with a broker, um, located here in the Eastern part of the United States that has a whole team of people from these regions that are buying and trading and working with all the plantation farmers and growers. So I'd like to say that, you know, when we work with 17 different countries, I'd like to say that I've been there um, to each of those countries and got to hand select and all that jazz. The reality is there's no way I can do that being one person, being small business. So I got connected or with roasters gotten connected in especially coffee world um, with a broker with all these plantation farmers and growers and imports them directly into the United States. And then through that, we get a selection of different coffee and different coffee profiles that we get to uh, partake in or have the offering that we can, that we can purchase. Um, so by ways of doing that, we are able to. Um, quote, we're, we're working off of market, but yet we're actually working directly with contracts with the plantation farmers and growers. So for me, that makes me feel really good that that's how I'm making an impact with these guys is I actually have, uh, a connection and, and working with a relationship that's working with all these guys. So that makes me feel good in how we're involved in that process. Yeah. Um, I was, I was going to ask. Like how, like how connected you are to the farmer, to the grower. So it seems like you're fairly connected, about as connected right. as you could be without right. going to purchase direct on your own. Is that right? That is correct. Um, because of tariffs and because of importing, exporting, dealing with other countries, that's a huge undertaking in, in how we accomplish that. Right. Yeah. So, um, Agriculture is a very big component for us here in the United States. And a lot of these countries, coffee is their number one agricultural commodity. Like that's, that's their revenue, right? So, um, there's a lot of interest when we're dealing with, um, importing, exporting, you know, how can we cumulatively all work together? So, um, the growing part can get a little fun and challenging. So when you asked, well, how do we select and choose, uh, all these different coffees and their profiles, their flavors. Well, the interesting thing is like, depending on the region of growth and depending on the altitude, you'll have different styles of coffee, right? So ones that are grown in higher altitudes, like 
Tanzania um, will have more of fruit wine. There's different uh, coffee elements of flavor that you'll pick up mm-hmm. on. Same with lower altitude coffees. Or you know, you're in an area where there's volcanic ash, there will be a totally different you know flavor profile that you'll expect to get through the coffee. So because it's an agricultural product, every growing season, every year can be different. Um, obviously, coffee trees, uh, they can't take uh, freezing temperatures. So that's why we can't grow them here domestically. Um, so any site of frost can greatly uh, detriment the growth of coffee trees. So knowing that, sometimes there are different um, growing plantations within regions that we get to decide and select different varietals depending on the grade of coffee. And that comes into another conversation about the grade of coffee. Um, would this be a good time to talk about the grade of coffee? Sure, please. Okay, um, so yeah. out of coffee beans, coffee beans is actually made up of uh, a cherry, similar to what we have here, cherries. I personally love cherries, so it's the same concept. So a coffee bean is literally in a coffee cherry with the cherry and the pulp on the outside. So they're pretty much all hand-picked, and they have to go through a depulping process. So on the cherry part of itself, there's over 120 different coffee bean impurities that are found on coffee cherries when they're grown throughout the season, throughout the year, right? So when we talk about specialty coffee, every coffee bean impurity, whether it's blight, whether it's drought, whether it's insect pressure, whatever, when we talk about those things, every impurity gives an off flavor in the cup of coffee that you're tasting. So Mm. what makes up specialty coffee is out of those 120 coffee bean impurities, we want to get to like zero impurities. So when we talk about the grade of what coffees we focus on, we focus on grade A, grade one, some of the best coffee grades that are known to grow that are more than a nano lot. Does that make sense? Yeah. In other words, diplomatically speaking, and I'll say it, not you. Your coffee beans far superior than the coffee beans of the drive-through coffee <clears throat> places where you see on every street corner. <laughs> there could be some truth to that, right? I said it, not you're, you. You're not going to name them like I was naming, <laughs> right? I'm not national you know, brands. Yeah, I mean, we we do, you know, <laughs> we do have lawyer relationships. We try not to use them. Um, so yes, so yeah, I mean, they're like. You know, and you, and you referenced it earlier about the products that we choose to curate here. Um, you know, the average person looks at a mattress and sees a mattress. The average person smells a cup of coffee and smells and looks at a cup of coffee. But right. the two things, there's a lot that goes into what makes each special. And that's what you're talking about. I never knew. I, th- I don't know why I thought like coffee beans kind of grew close to the ground. I know like soybeans. I didn't know that they were in a tree. Yeah. And, so and they had the, yeah. the, the cherry like around it. I didn't know that. I didn't know right. that at all. I didn't either. Today I Isn't learned. Crazy. Well, it seems like, and, yeah. For, for as, I'm sorry, for as many like beans as you need to make a cup of coffee, like 
if how many see how many coffee beans are in one little cherry like it seems to be such a intense labor process to get that many beans so i don't know how well you can see this these are unroasted green coffee beans this just so happens to be brazil ah great i don't know how to make this work okay so these two guys right here yep oh my there we go so if you look at a coffee bean, it really yeah. is like right. two halves. I'm and and a on. cherry shape around it. Right. We'll get that so, <laughs> so those two halves make up one cherry coffee. I mean, yeah, one coffee bean and a cherry, right? So two halves. So you get two beans out of one cherry. So, so... Around that literally is the the red, the pulp that you would get in a cherry tree, right? So hmm. so it's all that fruit pulp that's around the cherry, uh, around the coffee bean that you have to mechanically um, depulp is a term that we use um, when it goes through a depulping process to get there to is. the exact coffee bean in the inside. So right there. So um, this is kind of, off topic from what you do, but like, do you know the history of coffee? Like, is it like when was when did who who figured out that they could pick this thing out of a cherry and and roast it like and and put That's water? A really good it? question, right? Like, how long ago did somebody create coffee? <laughs> that is a very good question, Ben. And oh, he pulled uh, out his encyclopedia, his coffee encyclopedia. Well, when it t- comes to coffee, there's a lot of things. Oh, look at that with coffee that um, it's really good to know the history because if you know the history and you know why things are the way that they are, it makes sense. Um, okay, so some of the history of coffee. Um, monks ate coffee fruit to feel closer with God. I'm not making this up. That's kind of funny. So, From the coffee Bible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yemen first got the plant when crossed the uh, Arabian Peninsula um, and it made its way into Europe. Um, so Europe then got it from the Venetian trade. So America got it in the 1700s. But when we first talk about it in... There we go. In 1882, the French invented the espresso machine and figured out how to extract whole bunch of coffee um, or, or a higher amount of caffeine through oh, the okay. coffee bean, cool. which is really, really cool. So when we talk about, I'm going to jump a little bit. We were asking about, okay, how many, how many coffee beans make up a tree and so on and so forth. Um, so coffee beans are seeds of a cherry grown in the subtropics. So most coffee trees won't get any taller than 20 feet. Um, so that's kind of the standard. So, there's about 4,000 coffee beans that you can find in just one pound of coffee. So 4,000 coffee beans. That's kind of okay. crazy. So each okay. coffee tree, this is even m- more mind-blowing. Each coffee tree uh, only produces about one to two pounds of coffee a year. Wow. Okay. Cow. So that means the world needs a lot of coffee trees. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So... When you when you do the calibration, not calibration, when you do the math and you convert like your own consumption or 
you know, Garner's consumption of coffee and think about how many coffee trees does it take uh, for our consumption. It kind of gets real, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Wow. So yeah, that's wild. A plant, a coffee tree takes four to five years to mature and they're usually uh, good at producing 15 to 20 years, assuming that there's decent um, climate and weather that, that don't affect the yeah. health of the coffee tree. So like, that kind like, of answers some of your questions. Yeah, yeah I, cool. I like the one about the monks getting high closer to God. <laughs> I like that. I like that we were unable to cover that layer of the show. <laughs> we're gonna go. We're gonna. You know, you know. Ben Ben had a good question that led us down that path. I'm gonna go down this path. Okay. So tell us about because I know about this, and maybe maybe people watching don't know about this, and maybe maybe some of your beans come from this process. Tell us about civet coffee. I'll be honest with you. I, there's not a whole lot that I can tell you about it. I, you I don't honestly. So you've heard about when, this? N- no, I. I so civets yeah. are. Oh, really? I'm going to blow everybody's. <laughs> Great. I thought I was setting up a softball for you to crush. No. So this is a real thing. So civets are a an animal breed, a mammalian animal breed, in in the regions where coffee coffee beans are grown. And they eat the coffee beans. Yeah, Nate says no civet coffee for me, and because you're fi- y'all fixing to find out why. Oh, you're talking about. Oh, okay. There's different names for it, but okay, I know what you're talking about. Okay, well set, then, set them straight. Set them straight. Yeah, so set me straight, so I don't look like the <laughs> the the idiot beside the smart one, Ben here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's I'll, I'll turn different this over animals that have been known um, to eat the coffee cherry off the ground. And then in doing so, the animals uh, then dispose, they eat, they get the pulp, they get the nutrition from the fruit part of the cherry, right? And then the the coffee bean itself can't be digested. So it's passed right through <laughs> their stool, their manure, right? So then what these guys do is they come through and they pick up, they pick up and sort through all the, not decomposed, but all the manure, the stool with the coffee cherries in and clean them up and, and make go coffee. through a washing process and is some of the most expensive <clears throat> and exotic coffee beans in the world. Um, most of it is usually over 200 to $250 a pound. Wow. So, so a little business lesson, if, if you're in business or you're selling anything and you're like, man, nobody will buy my stuff. Just know, just know that there is coffee being sold for two to 300 bucks a pound. Okay. And what, what's, what's your average retail of a pound of coffee in your, in your, in your shop? So most of our coffees we do in eight ounce bags, but anywhere from eight to ten dollars for half pound bags. Right. We're talking sixteen to twenty dollars a 16. pound. So yeah. So so <laughs> so little inspiration for you in the typical Jeff Janakovo velvet covered brick way of doing things. I don't want to hear about it. There's people selling coffee that an animal literally pooped out and people picked up and it's selling for and your coffee's fantastic. But this coffee sells for like ten times to twenty five times. Or fifteen times, and right. and I'll just note, I'll note. Ever since I brought up the civic coffee, 
our look, comments have exploded through the roof. So there you go. <laughs> you, you, it's, it's poop humor. You, you talk about poop and, and it goes through the roof. Uh-huh. I also see a comment from uh, from uh, Janessa, your wife. She's uh, tuning oh. in. Hello, Janessa. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a thumbs up if Keith is doing a good job, Janessa. Keith, this is where you don't say great. You say, I love you. Thanks for watching, dear. <laughs> no, this is this is this is awesome. This is great. So um when it comes to that kind of coffee, it's more of a novelty coffee. Right. It's extremely hard to find. It's not that it's rare. It's a very low volume amount. And just like your interest, oh my gosh, like whoever thought of that, you're intrigued and inclined and interested in the coffee note, right? So well, I'm interested in that. And I'm not going to go buy it. <laughs> it's actually decent coffee. I mean, I can't say that it's better than other coffee around. It's just a process of breaking down the pulp and everything else. And there's like, oh, well, Isn't it the, went through another animal's gut and the acid helped break it down and blah, 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 blah. Like, ew, who yeah. can do it? Yeah. It, yeah, that's the theory though. Isn't that the theory behind it though is that it's been, the bean itself has been percolated in a different Correct. way that man-made process can't really... <clears throat> replicate isn't it, that the it is idea a, it is a different process and it is like in every animal there's different acids i'll say that mm-hmm. people like acid like, oh, no but like there's yes. different natural chemicals within your body that are going to break down the food that we take in right it's the same thing with animals <laughs> right so when we talk about the mechanical process of depulping um we're really talking about you know, machines, conveyors that go through with rubber-like fingers to pull all and se- separate the the coffee cherry from the pulp, and that's a mechanical process. So there's really no chemicals involved with that. And then there's an outer like skin on on the outside of the coffee bean that usually gets removed through you know a drying process. And sometimes they'll use raised beds um to dry the coffee cherries from there on or so the coffee beans coffee cherries um from there on or sometimes they're just laid out on 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 concrete pads and the sun and air dry so there's several different techniques of how do you get that coffee bean in the inside of that cherry how do you get that from a dry stable um part seed basically it's a seed right so right. We're getting that to roughly 12 to 13%, anywhere from actually 11 to 12% at a stable point where it's not going to rot. It's not going to, it's going to hold and maintain its, um, its coffee bean flavor without changing into a different form. Right. So, by the way, you, you did a fantastic job of transitioning from. Species a- from the from well, okay. You, I mean, work with me here. I was really trying to like be smooth and a little more subtle, and you're just like feces. I just wanted to say feces. So I'm adding. We're we're adding a feces discussion to every future show. Like it's their next show. Yeah, let's do a Google search on who said feces this week. Yeah, right. Well, so anyway, you did a you. Uh, pardon this guy. And you did a fantastic job. I was just going to make it a more abrupt left turn about, well, let's get back into the flavors. But 
you really did great about the pulp process and getting rid of it. Is there a byproduct from the cherry part that you were talking about? So we, so we extract that off of the bean itself and you've got the fruit, the skin. What happens to that? Is, is there anything that happens to that? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, depends on what region or area, but most of that's even gone back in and uses animal food as some shape or form. So usually that kind of stuff is really high in fiber. So if you're closer, um, if you, if your processing plant is closer to where there's animals or feedlots, a lot of them can actually digest it from a wet fibrous part of, of the pulp itself. If it has to travel and has to go through, it'll go through a fermenting stage and that's not good. So sometimes they'll actually dry it and then package it and put it in um, part of a fiber and protein bar mix, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Mm. I'm not saying bar, but that's part of the yeah. feed that they can use for further animals. Yeah. So it almost absolutely. gets turned into like a salad product almost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Very good I knew, term. Most people I knew don't the, know I knew the fifth is. gen farmer would know that. I grew up around farms. Um, yeah, just, just to kind of backtrack to that, I know exactly the decision point you were talking about. Um, I was born in Canada, grew up there in dairy country and, uh, was up there recently for a, a funeral for a family member and talking to some old friends. And they, they were there. Some of them are at the decision that you were at about that investment back into the farm. I mean, up there, if you don't have a million dollar automated dairy carousel, you're just, right. you cannot possibly compete. Right. Uh, so we met on the silage term there that that's where that mm-hmm. byproduct goes from. You know, it's interesting how you're sharing all about how coffee gets made and the attributes thereof. I'm a cigar smoker. Uh, I'm not, not every single day, but enough. And there's a lot of similarities to how, uh, tobacco is grown and farmed and handled, right. um, to coffee beans, uh, even right. the humidity, you know, right. um, you have to, it's not as low because you got to keep it actually pretty damp, but, right. um, you ever smoke anything that's been through an animal? I do. You, I do. You, this guy, like, I hate. Uh, so, Chris, no. Chris in the background had your uh, cafe on the screen, and we're yes. running out of time. Yeah. <laughs> so, really? Uh, it, well, uh, you're you're in your cafe where you sell yes. your coffee. Um, sure, this was supposed to be a positive thing <laughs> right? for our guests. Uh, so you sell your coffee there. Um, yes. And we should, we should talk a little bit. You should talk a little bit about your product offerings. I know you have K cups and portion sure. packs and you can buy the, sure. you, you probably whole bean and, and already ground coffee. But then you have, um, oh, there's a line of people. What are they waiting for? Yeah. So <laughs> thanks for asking. Um, we're kind of a full circle, um, coffee company where work with plantation farmers and growers, get the coffee beans. We roast them. We select the blends that we have in the flavors. Then with that, we work with local retail outlets to sell our product. We have partnerships with Stalfers of Kissel Hill, Dutchway Food Markets. Um, we <laughs> go to Shady Maple. We go to Oregon Dairy. Um, Martin's, did I say Martin's Country? The Country Store. Mm. Um, several cafes. Um, Good, Day Cafe, Good Day Coffee in, in Mount Joy is using it in another drive through um, so if you want good coffee, right there, good day coffee out of Mount Joy, um, Javadi's out of Efferton and several other places as well too. Awesome. And then what we have then is we have our uh, online and retail and walk-in sales where direct consumers can come to us 
and buy that. So what does that mean for the grand scheme of our cafe? Well, we have a very large menu. Um, shortly after apprenticing and taking over the business six years ago, um, I had a coffee guru tell me, Hey, Keith, you need to like get rid of 60% of your entire menu. And I'm like, Hmm, interesting. Why? <clears throat> They're like, you're making it too complicated. You have way too many offerings, too many options. You're going to confuse the consumer. Oh, well, hey. and it, it, it kind of, it didn't hit me hard, but like any other business man, you start processing what people are saying, what people are thinking. And this is the same coffee guru that has worked for big coffee companies, and I won't say who, and they focus on four different kinds of regular coffee, and that's it. And how do you find a way to streamline and sell the crap out of just those four kinds? So once hearing that and knowing what we have, like I said, we have a very large menu, our uniqueness with all of our flavors and all of our single origins and proprietary blends are all crafted in a way that they're unique and different. So we have a very large menu. And because of that, it's important to us to be able to showcase our product in a retail setting where you can 100%. actually come and you can try our product. You can talk with our, you know, our staff and our associates that want to engage with customers and say, Hey, tell me about this flavor. Oh, the Guatemala. What can you tell me about Guatemala? Or better yet, when we talked about people that have acid problems and gut problems. Well, you need a low acid coffee. Well, what low acid coffees do we have? Our Sumatra, our house blend. Here, would you like to try a sample? It's yeah. a way for us to take our gourmet coffee, our unique product, and get it into consumers' hands and then tell them why it's so unique, why you're tasting what you're tasting, why you're experiencing what you're experiencing. So for us, the focus at promoting the uniqueness of our coffee is what sets us apart than most other businesses. We have so many, we've got a lot of congruencies between <laughs> coffee and mattresses because, well, because the, 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 the gurus that would say, yeah, that's true. You guys there are silly to work with 11 right. vendors right. out of one location, but it's right. our 11 different relationships with amazing factories and partners that make us special for our customers. Just as right. your depth of menu and, and flavor profile on your menus mm -hmm. are what makes you special. Otherwise, you'd just be another Me Too coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. Right? Plus, I got to think, Literally. I got to think having the ability to say seasonally to your large bulk wholesale customers, I, I got to think like as you have relationships with them, like you could say in the fall, hey, you know, yeah, pumpkin spice is all the rage, but in our store, so is this. Mm, right. And you probably have opportunity to have influence that way a little bit as your relationships grow. I'd imagine that's a thing. And you're like, yeah. you're like a proving ground for your, your wholesale, those wholesale customers. So kudos to you for working as hard as you do. And, and that's cool. Thank you. Uh, that's I really neat. do it myself. <laughs> I have an awesome staff and a team that helps make this happen. But reality is, you know, we talk about farming, you know, I grow corn, soybean, all that stuff from the farm and still do, but it's really cool to be able to take an agricultural product, turn it into a consumable product and a product that people can really enjoy. Even though I can't grow coffee 
here in the US, I'm able to use it. And I'm able to benefit all the countries that we're partnered with, which is really awesome. And to your point about flavors, we always do uh, one to two different flavored drip coffees, uh, featured coffees <laughs> every month at the cafe. So when we mm. talk about pumpkin spice, pecan sticky bun, making me crazy, dirty banana, right now it's crazy nuts and coconut. Um, like we bring and have people try all these coffees at our cafe and it's, it's awesome. Come back. It's great. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And another place you can get with Roasters Coffee is right here at Gardeners. Because when yes. you're customers of ours, we, um, we give you a little get customer gifts. And in this bag, let's see. It's to get for it. This bag's twofold today <laughs> for the show. So in this case, if you were this lucky customer, you would get Mombasa and Dirty Banana. Oh, that sounds like a winner. Yeah. And we chose this yeah. because a lot of folks, you know, you kind of get in your lane with your things, right? Coffee being one of them. And at home, you're like, you know, well, I'm not going to buy the big bin of K-cups that are this flavor. Right. Because you may not, you know, you just don't know. But this way, we give our customers a little little flavor taste, a little flavor parade of coffee. Flavor parade. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You, you laugh, but it's so true. And on top of that, and they love it. people come in and get those all the time because how do cool can it to be too, to get right there? We have K-cups, half pound bags, whole bean. So we really have the complete circle, all the different types of coffee and package, whether it's whole bean ground, K-cups, single serve, portion packs. Um, what I'm trying to say is they're unique gifts for people as well, too. So mm-hmm. how cool is it that you can go pick up, you know, gourmet coffee and a little single serve portion pack that you have there and pay less than $3 for a pack for it? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's usually unheard of around here. Not to put you on the spot, and this this might bring out some comments similar to the other topic. Don't say the word. We're trying not to have a, you know, we're trying to have this be a positive experience. Your K-Cups. Um, sure. So, I've bought K-Cups in the past that don't work with the brewer, with the K-Cup brewer. Why is that? Of ours or of no, other? No, no, not from you. From okay. other, other places. Because they're... Sure. Oh, I'm not going to say it. Uh, great question. Um, there's a lot of things that can go into how a K-cup can malfunction. Um, let's first talk about the integrity of the coffee cup itself. So if you ever tear and open a single-serve K-cup pod, you'll see that there's actually a coffee filter in the inside of that cup. So it literally... Oh, okay, we got one right there. We're going to do Dig this in. right now. <laughs> okay. So I'm opening it up. Trash? Yep. So you have a trash can close by. Well, I've got Turn a it empty coffee cup. Okay. There you go. Yep. Okay. Oh, I see it. You see it? Take your finger in there now and pull the filter straight up. Oh. Uh, it's got it. a little filter. Exactly. So. Like your typical coffee brewer, there's always a filter um, that you're getting the water through the coffee grinds. Because if it was just water coffee grinds and the hole in the bottom, you have mush trying to push through that needle. It's not going to work, right? So this is why the store brand, off-brand things don't work because they don't go to the expense of this. 
No, they have them in, but oh. what happens is that filter in the side of that cup could be weak. It's all through an excursion, a manufactured process where that outside of that mesh is literally, I want to say glued, but not glued. It, it's it's <clears throat> heated to stick to the outside mm-hmm. of that cup. So if that filter pulls off the side, now you have coffee grounds trying to be pushed through a needle. So that's one failure, right? So that's one problem that could happen. Yeah, there is a little filter Set. cup. Yep. There you go. Exactly. And and when you're talking, like it's not uncommon for that to happen once in a blue moon. Um, but when you're talking about a a mechanical process that's going through an extrusion line being made, um, there could be one in a thousand, a couple, a couple in a thousand that may be slightly defective. Right. And sometimes that's known to happen where that's the first thing. The second thing is sometimes um, some manufacturers pack too much coffee in the cup. So if there's too much coffee in the cup and you have water coming through, it just clogs up the whole mm-hmm. cup and doesn't allow any of the brewing to happen. So that's the second thing. The third thing is some K-cup machines get used so hard that little needle at the very mm-hmm. bottom that that cup is uh, that the needle supposed to puncture in the bottom of the cup. Sometimes that needle gets dull over so much use that when you push the cup into the, the K-cup machine, um, it actually doesn't puncture the cup. So then you got a bunch of pressurized water going in the top of the cup with no hole in the bottom <laughs> for it to go out. Mm. So that's the third thing that can go wrong. And some machines you can get replacement needles for. Um, most people just end up throwing them away and getting another one. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that's the third thing. Uh, let me think. Those are the three most common yeah. issues. Well, I like that you've embraced the K-cups. I know there's probably some coffee places that are like, we don't do the K-cups. We just do, you know, the beans and we grind them and let's, you know, what they do. But like, uh, our house, we're, we're coffee drinkers, but my wife, Lindsay, is not drinking coffee at the moment. Cover your ears. Um, but so like I have a ton of the K cups at home and I can just make myself my, my cup of coffee because right. I don't need a whole pot. Um, but that's awesome that you have everything available as beans. You can grind it. And then of course, right. um, you have the K cups, uh, for the K cup people. So the cool thing is they're all recyclable too. So we got that going, right? Yeah. Those that want to take the effort. And not only that, we have a lot of customers that come in, they have the Keurig and they go through the effort of doing refillable yep. K cups. So. We'll grind it a particular way, K-cup grind, which okay. is usually a percolator grind. And we have a bunch of customers that refill and repack their own K-cups, which is great. Cool. Yeah, I've got one of those. That's cool. Refillable nice. K-cup thing. Yep. Love it. That, get, we got K-cup learned right there. We had a lot of learn today. Yeah, we did. <laughs> it. We did. We'll make that more better. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Now there's some Lancaster County for you. Right there. Right there. This is awesome. Uh, Keith, what's what's next for Whiff Roasters? You got anything uh, fun planned? Oh, there's always fun and excitement going on around here. But the biggest thing for us is we're just doing our thing. We're making uh, a great product that people seem to be really enjoying. We're always trying to come up with new and creative and fun flavors that people can uh, get a chance to enjoy along with us. We're trying new product. We're also really trying hard to uh, be passionate about our product um, 
And then through that, people get to see why we're so excited about coffee, right? So we are known or used to be known as the best kept secret in town. Um, I think we're doing a pretty good job trying to not be the best kept secret in town anymore. So I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. I, I, I was laughing. We have. Sorry, the, ju- the juvenile host. Usually that's me. He's off the rails today. We have a TV above us that's playing old podcast episodes. And I just looked up and Jeff has some like old lady glasses on. Where are they now, Jeff? I'm not sure where those are. We got to find them. Maybe that's I got to say, I got to say, with that haircut and those glasses, I'm rocking. I'm rocking them rose colored glasses there that probably Grandma Rose owned and left here. But anyhow. Yeah, you know, Keith, um, I was, uh, you know, our, our producer, Chris, Cast Ahead uh, Productions, fantastic podcast producer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put together the show and then on usually like Thursday or Friday, it lands on, on Facebook and YouTube as, you know, coming soon sort of thing. And my neighbor saw it and uh, I, I hadn't even seen it yet. Um, obviously, I knew you were going to be on the show, but like th- that was put on Facebook. And she goes, oh, my, my, my neighbor says, my husband, Brian, uh, is excited for your show next Monday. And I'm like, had to think for a moment what she was talking about. She's like, oh, you're having Whiff Roasters on. He loves Whiff. So like that was just no like, you know, they're, they're, they're passionate about their coffee and passionate about Whiff Roasters. That's awesome. <clears throat> yeah. And thanks to you guys as well, too. Like we love promoting and being involved in small business. Um, nothing wrong with big business. We all need them too, but it's really important to focus, support, and do what we can for small business. So, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for your partnership. And I'll throw it out there. If you're a business that's looking for a good little gift to give to your customers on fulfillment at a meeting, at a closing, uh, maybe even part of your prospecting campaign, these little things right here, these little fortune packs, our customers <laughs> love, just love them. So, and to piggyback on that, Keith will work with you to figure out what exactly you want. Uh, we'll work a great price for you from a business standpoint. Sorry. Uh, to to have, have as a giveaway. So, uh, Keith, thank you for your uh, effort uh, on that side of things for us as well. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks again for allowing to have the opportunity. There's so much to coffee. I don't know if I got to answer half the questions that you had or or some of the off-topic stuff. Not <laughs> off-topic. It's all great. This is all part of, you know, podcast. But um, I'm always eager and excited to have further conversations. So, yeah. No. Well, if you want to uh, check out all that Whiff has, I guess it's whiffroasters.com. Mm-hmm. Just make sure. Yep. Whiffroasters.com. You can see all their menu, go over their menu, see where it's sold at, get their, get, go in and visit them. Um, uh, really appreciated having you on. Uh, your wife was tuning in as well. So thank you to her for her Absolutely. time. And, um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I guess it's time for a connection cocktail. Yeah. We got a few minutes here. Sure. Um, so connection cocktail, a few questions to get to know Keith a little bit better. Um, and we will keep this, uh, well, we'll keep it short. I'm going to go. What's your favorite thing to do in Lancaster? (laughs) Same (laughs) questions every week, just different guests. Well, this is actually kind of interesting when I saw those questions and thinking about it, I'm like, okay, what is it that Keith enjoys doing in Lancaster? Um, I bet no one else has answered it this way. I like farm shows and fairs. Fair season's coming up here pretty soon. So who likes to go to the farm shows and fairs and yeah. get milkshakes, you know, support all the local small vendors, this and that. It's fun, usually family friendly and everything else. So that's what I like to do. Very good. That's awesome. Uh, favorite restaurant? It could be Lidditz. It could be Beyond. Whatever. 
Oh, great. I mean, both Janessa and I love food. We we do enjoy okay. food. Um, yeah. So I can't really say that there's a favorite. I mean, if you talk about chains or whatever, um, Appalachian Brewing is great right beside us. And then we have some others, legends, <laughs> you know, we got Bull's Head Pub, we got Tide House, St. Boniface, you know, we got um, Log Cabin Restaurant, we got Per Diem in Rock Lidditz. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we got yep. scooters just up the road um, in downtown Lidditz as well, too. So they're all great. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's, all great. The, that's the that's the quintessential. I do business in Lidditz. There's a lot of good food options with Lidditz. <laughs> Diplomatic answer. Diplomatic. Yep. We're I not going to. That's that's, and that's okay. That's what Don Cox from Prada gave us yeah. last a couple weeks ago. So, All right. Yep. So we'll wrap it up with, is there a favorite annual event that you like to go to? Uh, work with related or non with related? This is Keith related. This can be totally self-serving. T- t- shoot your shot if there's a self-serving opportunity here. Uh, an annual thing. Annual thing. I... <laughs> uh, uh, it sounds dumb. I mean, I like Pennsylvania Farm Show, Keystone Farm Show, 4th of July. There's usually Long's Park, which puts yeah. on a pretty good show. Lidditz <laughs> Fireworks does a pretty good thing, too. Outside of that, um, finding me working around the farm, there's not a lot of annual things. Um, we do, you know, whiff, we do chocolate walk, we do fire and ice. Mm, Those are all fun nice. things. So, yeah. yeah, we try to get out and, and experience all kinds of things. Try to collect them all and do them all. Yeah, that's a Very good way good. to look at it. There you go. Very good. All right. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Really appreciated uh, you t- you uh, spending time with us there in the shop. Uh, yeah. Great backdrop, by the way. Uh, thank and, you. And uh, thanks for putting that time in. And thanks for giving us time and getting us uh, a lot of lessons about coffee. A lot of fun. I'm blown away by the K-cup filter thing. <laughs> so You didn't know that? That's great. I did not know uh, that. The, I mean, it makes sense. The but... three or four boxes of K-cups that don't work at home say that I didn't know that. So we'll have to well, figure that just out. Just so you know, I'm always learning stuff each and every day. So that's what makes loving what you do so great, right? That's right. That's right. Well, thank you again. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. We appreciate you. Likewise. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks. All right. So if you'd like to be a guest on the show, uh, you just go to LancasterConnects.com slash guest. We'll try not to say poop too many times on your show. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's a proven winner, according to the comments. <laughs> it works with two-year-olds, eight-year-olds, and apparently 30s, 40s, 50s, apparently, and beyond. Yeah. So. But anyway, listen, if you want to have fun on your show, uh, go to LancasterConnects.com slash guest, and we'll get it started. We're booking out into June at this point. Uh, we'd love to have you on. If you feel you're a fit for what we do here, uh, highlighting small business success, and charity success right here in Lancaster County. Uh, as a reminder, we got a lot of people lined up in the comments for the prize later. You can win some of our less or more cuddle drinkware or the on-the-go sleep bundle. If you win, you just come in and pick it up anytime we're open. My sleep better tip for you is a little re- uh, relaxation and reflection at the end of the day. And we actually make that really easy for you if you're one of our customers. Uh, but if not, you could just go to Google and Google up some of these little sleep songs and sleep tips and sleep proverbs, which is what we have in 
this magic of sleep book. So this magic of sleep book is uh, part of our customer gift bag, as I've shown you along with the with roasters portion packs. But if you were to just read one or two of those things at night, kind of puts your mind in a little place for meditation, re- reflection and relaxation. And I think you'll really sleep better. And so that's my sleep better tip. That's cool. Testimonial time. Um, I don't know if we mentioned before on the show, but uh, Andy, Andy Rhodes, who was uh, a tenured, a 10 year tenured employee with Gardeners, mm-hmm. uh, valued member of our team, recently left us. He's moving, uh, he and his family is moving out of the area. Uh, but we have uh, found a replacement. Chad has been with us the last couple of weeks. Uh, Chad Burkhart and uh, Chad uh, has had a number of sales this past week, a uh, couple weeks, and had his first uh, online review. All right. About him. So, what to go, Chad? This actually came through this morning. Uh, can't recommend this place enough. Drew and Chad were uh, so helpful in the process of buying a new mattress. They came, uh, they carry some great products here that you won't find at other major mattress companies. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the customer service can't be matched. The people working here really know their stuff and can tell you every detail you'd like to know. Thanks again. That was Anna Rose uh, gave a, giving us that review. So um, she's had a great experience and um, went like working with Chad and Andrew. So. Way to go, Chad, breaking the ice. And yep. we wish Andy, Andrew Rhodes, nothing but success. We're very happy for him and his family's journey. Uh, 10 years was a Great career in retail when you really think yeah, about it. Because right. retail careers are kind of like dog years. They, they, you know, they could go on and on and on. And on. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Look at what it does with my hair. So yeah. It's on this side. Upside down. I can't even figure out what it side I'm on anymore. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, store happenings, not too much going on. It's April. Uh, we hope you're yeah. having fun in your yard and getting your backyard and deck opened up and everything. If we can help you spruce up your bedroom right there are some headboards, some platform beds, things that we're discontinuing, getting out of. So great time for a deal. We've got some floor models. Uh, think of it like spring cleaning here at Gardner. So really great deals to spruce up that bedroom, that guest room, uh, maybe even that main mattress for yourself. Uh, but certainly uh, come in, check out the selection, and we'll we'll make a really great uh, package for you there. Uh, you As always, you can find the show pretty much anywhere you watch Internet Connected Video, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, et cetera. Yeah. I think that means it's time for the pro- it's time for the prizeolator. It's time for the prizeolator, like the percolator back in high school. Are you, Coffee are you with to, roasters. Are you trying to rap? Percolator. It's time for I the percolator. You. I got you. There is Nathan. Nathan, <laughs> congratulations, Nathan. I don't think Nathan's won before, um, but we appreciate you tuning in. Everybody else, come back next week and play again. Mm-hmm. It's really simple. You just comment. Who knew? One of the longest shows about coffee. A lot of comments mm-hmm. arrived off that one topic we won't name again because it, it apparently makes you giggle and go a little crazy. <laughs> and I'll, I can't, I can't keep you on 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 tracks. But anyway, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week on Lancaster Connects. Take care. <laughs>